welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello friends, I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com and I'm so glad you're here with me today. I'm going to cross into a sensitive area, but I'm hoping that you'll hang in here with me and ponder some of what I'm sharing today. This is an area that's been on my heart to talk about, partly because I'm convicted by it when I see this sin in my life, but also because I know the damage it can do in our churches and amidst our relationship with other Christians. So what I'm addressing today is when we have a critical or a judgmental spirit against others. The main text that I'm working with is Matthew 7, 1 through 5. And let me read it to you, and then we'll, we'll get started working through it. Judge not that you, not be, that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. The Matthew text above, it's to be taken in context as coming after the Sermon on the Mount, which contrasted the behavior between the Pharisees and that of followers of Christ. So the Pharisees were proud, and the Lord calls us to be humble. The Pharisees denied the word of God and made up their own rules. God's word is our only standard of truth. The Pharisees' obedience was external, and Christ calls for our obedience to be internal from the heart. And the Pharisees were focused on materials and possessions, and we're called to be focused on the kingdom. So when we create our own system of morality, then we become the judge of that system and we determine whether others qualify or not. This is exactly what the Pharisees were doing. So when they set up their own system of rules and morality, they could now become the judge and jury. And I know how often we hear the term don't judge. And I'm going to tell you that it is many times taken out of context but we do have absolutes in scripture. Theology and doctrine are important. So there are times when we rightly need to judge. There's times that sin needs to be addressed. So it's very obvious just in the scriptures alone that we need to have proper judgment and discernment because in just a few verses right below the text today that we're looking at, like in Matthew 7, 6, it says, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. I need discernment there to understand what, what our Lord is talking about when he says, Do not give to dogs. What is a dog? I need discernment there to understand that, and that's going to be a judgment, right? Or in verse 15, where we're warned to beware of false prophets, and continuing on, he also tells us we will know them by their fruits. So the only way to test fruit is to be able to determine between true and false, and that requires a judgment. In Romans 13, the Apostle Paul lays out what God calls for his governing authorities. 
Um, The church is called to judge, especially in the matter of proper doctrine and not false doctrine. Galatians 1.9 comes to my mind immediately when Paul states that if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel, let him be accursed. That's a strong statement. So I just want to lay out this foundation before we dig into dealing with our critical spirits. There is a right time for judgment, and the Christian life is one of balance. We don't want to fall on one side or the other, but I think of that picture that walking by faith is like walking on the edge of the knife. We don't want to fall into the extreme of never judging to the other extreme of continually judging, and more so even judging wrongly or with a critical spirit. So when Jesus was giving the Sermon on the Mount, the Pharisees were on his mind. He doesn't desire his people to become like them with their condemning and judging attitude. So let me move a bit into the passage of Luke 18, 10 through 14, one we're all familiar with on the Pharisee and the tax collector. So Luke 10 starts off with, Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed, Thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So if you think that somehow you are better than others, you're probably trusting in your own good works and not in the grace of God. This The Pharisee, he was thinking of all of his good deeds, the fasting and the giving, plus probably a whole lot more things that he had done. But he wasn't looking at his heart, which was filled with pride. And God looks on the heart. Outwardly, we can look pretty good to others, but God is looking at our motives and at our hearts. No one who honestly examines his heart before God can hope to come before God on the basis of his good works. We may clean up our outward behavior, but we cannot clean up our hearts on our own. Only God can do that through the power of the new birth. That leads to the second lesson here exemplified in the tax gatherer, right? The tax collector simply came to God as he was, an unworthy sinner with no basis or merit in himself. He simply asked God for mercy. And that's the only way that any of us can come to God because that is what we all are, unworthy sinners who deserve his judgment. We need to say, God, I'm a sinner who deserves nothing but your judgment. And the more that we grow as Christians, the more God will show us the sinfulness of our own hearts. So as we continue today with the rest of my um, time here with you, let's pray that God will show us the sin in our hearts. And specifically as we're talking today in dealing with our critical spirits. So what is the spirit of the Pharisees that we want to avoid? It's that of a self-righteous spirit. It's when we look down on others, whether inwardly or express it outwardly, we may despise them or look at them with contempt or annoyance. It's being a fault finder. It's when we're ready to pass a judgment on a matter that's not even any concern to us. So in his spiritual classic, which I highly recommend by Martin Lloyd-Jones, it's called Studies and the Sermon on the Mount. Um, When he describes a critical spirit, he says, 
If we ever know the feeling of being rather pleased when we hear something unpleasant about another, this is the wrong spirit. If we are jealous or envious and then suddenly hear that one of whom we are jealous or envious has made a mistake and find that there is an immediate sense of pleasure within us, that is it. That is the condition which leads to the spirit of judgment. End quote there. And another area to be conscious of is when you express your opinion and you don't have knowledge of all the facts. When we judge before knowing all the facts, we are working with a pharisaical spirit. Or here's another one. How often do you not even try to understand the circumstances? And because of that, your heart is not even ready to offer mercy or give a full understanding. Or the other reminder that we don't know people's motives. When we judge motives that we can't see and the many other items that our prideful, self-righteous hearts are drawn to just so we can be lifted up and others can be looked down upon, we are no longer loving our brother. See, here's what I want to get across. It's not wrong to have strong opinions and live your life in the way the Lord has called your family to. But it becomes a problem when we put our standard on other families and judge them because they're not doing it our way. The problem is a problem because we see our way as the only right way. So when we judge and criticize wrongly, you know what? We're in sin and we've just become those self-righteous Pharisees. Not pretty. And another danger I want to address is when we begin to set up our lifestyle and choices as the only right one is what that does to our children. We're going to begin to raise little Pharisees. They are going to focus on the external instead of the internal. So when we judge others outwardly by appearances and our own personal preferences, we never get to see into their hearts. So this judgmental critical attitude will carry over into our children. It is so important to not just hang around people that are just like us. Take the time to know other believers that think differently than you and live differently than you. Learn about Christians in other countries and how they live. Express your opinions, but do it with a loving attitude. And you may even have a change in mind in an area you feel strongly on. Talk well about others within your home. The Lord has softened my heart over the years to many areas that I used to think very legalistically about. My standard used to have to be everyone's standard. Not fun and not pretty, but I can give thanks to the Lord for continuing to open my eyes to the beautiful diversity that we have in the body of Christ. Continuing on, I want to move a bit more down in our Matthew 7 verses to verses 3 through 5. He says, Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Hmm, does that sound a bit sarcastic? (laughs) I think so. Truly, this verse is shouting out at us that we're not concerned about true righteous judgment because if we were, We would be dealing with ourselves first. Are we as critical of ourselves as we are with others? We can't truly and rightly criticize another person if there's an ounce of any kind of bias or discrimination within our hearts. There will be an ulterior motive in our judgment if there is. I want to share another quote from Martin Lloyd-Jones on this particular text. Um, So begin quote here. He says, he, I put in parentheses there, Jesus, 
says that our own condition is such that we are quite incapable of helping others. We affect to be very concerned about these people and their faults, and we try to give the impression that we are concerned only about their good. We say that we are troubled about this little blemish that is in them, and that we are anxious to get rid of this moat. But, says our Lord, you cannot do it because it is such a delicate process. This beam that is in your own eye makes you incapable of doing so. End quote. So the other person's sin is not as terrible as our judging spirit that we've taken on. Their sin is described as a speck and ours as a beam. We have to start with ourselves. In the book, Sermon on the Studies in the Sermon on the Mount, and I'm going to try to recap this, he really described a scenario, Dr. Jones, about um, basically if you had a person who was blind and they were the one that was doing surgery on your eye, that would not be a very good situation. And that's what he compared this particular text to um, with having a beam in our eye would be like asking us to have a blind person come and help us to take something out of our eye. So I love the advice that Dr. Jones gave on how to deal with this sin in our lives. He recommended to read through 1 Corinthians 13 every day and examine our attitude toward other people against the authority of God's word. So until we take the beam out of our own eye, we're of no help to anyone. Our heart, it's not humble before the Lord, so we're not going to talk to them with the right attitude. It's going to be one of prideful superiority. When it's that attitude, we're not out for their best and we're only out to be right or to share our opinion or point out their faults to lift ourselves up. And really that's true no matter what we are telling ourselves at that moment. So when we have truly been humbled before the Lord and confessed our sins, realized our own unworthiness before the Lord and our own standing and have hearts that are right before the Lord, At this point, the hope is that that beam is removed. Then this delicate area of pointing out areas of sin in others' lives will be done in true love, which with much sympathy and gentleness, this is thinking of others more highly than ourselves. This is true Christian love. Friends, we are handling souls. I think one of the hardest things to do is to speak the truth and love to one another because I know my own heart is so tainted with sin still, but thank you, Lord, for your great mercy because I don't know where I would be without it. We all know when someone tries to tell us something that may even be true, but they do it in a way that is unloving and hurtful, it immediately throws us on the defense and we don't love them for doing so at that moment. I think of James 1.19, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And this needs to be for us, too, when we are wrongly corrected. We, too, need to offer the same forgiveness and grace we have been freely gifted by our Lord. So in those moments when someone is criticizing you or correcting you in a way that is wrong, take that moment to pause and pray before you respond. So... Ladies, may we give thanks to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who forgives us and he offers us great mercy for all the times we judge and criticize wrongly. And let's pray that he'll continue to open our eyes to sinful, wrongful judging and criticizing of others. 
Pray that our prideful, self-righteous attitudes will be torn down and that he will continue to mold us more and more into his likeness. May we be praying for a humble, tender-hearted kindness and love towards others. Ladies, if we could get this right, imagine the changes in our homes and families and churches. May they know we are Christians because of our love for each other. And I want to leave you with a couple quick quotes, quotes here. Sorry, quotes. So John MacArthur has just a really great one. I've shared this before on my Facebook page, but he says, usually the people who see everything wrong in somebody else's life see absolutely nothing wrong in their own life. And the only gross, vile, wretched sin that never sees anything wrong in its own life is what? Self-righteousness. And that's what the plank is. As long as you're self-righteous, as long as you're spiritually proud, as long as you set yourself up as a judge, you can't help anybody out with any sin. And let me leave you with a favorite verse, John 13, 34 through 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So remember, my dear friends, Jesus is always enough. And I want to thank you for taking the time to tune in today to Thankful Homemaker. And again, for more posts or to contact me or where to find me on social media. And for the show notes, please head over to my home on the web, thankfulhomemaker.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast today, I'd love you to head over to iTunes and give it a rating and review so others can find it too. And, and please, if you think it would be a help to someone else, please share it. That I would greatly appreciate. So my dear friends, have a very blessed week. 